Hi, I'm Dave. And I'm Paul. And we're going to challenge you to transform your financial future through the principles of the most profitable business in the world, banking. We believe everyone should be involved in two businesses, the business that you're in and the banking business. Everyday people can replicate what bankers have been doing for centuries to leverage capital and build wealth through private lending. Join us as we uncover the truths about money, expose lies and myths, and flip conventional financial advice on its head. Here we go. What's going on, man? Nothing. How are you? (laughs) Good, good. Got a quiet house. Kids are outside playing. It's nice out finally, warming up a little bit here in Minnesota. So that is exciting. Good. Yeah. All right. So today, what are we talking about? We decided. Uh, Go ahead. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say debt debt repayment (laughs) and IBC. That's right. So this is a big topic with a lot of people. And and we both have some experience with some clients who who come to us with debt. And they're like, hey, I've, I've heard this thing called infinite banking can help me uh, eliminate debt in a different fashion that's going to be more beneficial for me. How does that work? So that's what this episode is going to be dedicated to. We'll talk why you would want to repay debt using the infinite banking concept and with a case study from your own experience with a client who did exactly that. So this should be good and very applicable to a lot of people. So, all right. I think when we talk about debt repayment and talk about using infinite banking to do so, I feel like it's really just, it's all about the flow of your money, right? And the sequencing of where that money goes before it leaves your hands. So it comes into your life. Where is that money flowing? The velocity of money, what is it passing through before it goes out to somebody else or to pay some other institution? And then how can we keep that money, those dollars inside of our own personal economy for as long as possible? and potentially forever and continue to just leverage and reuse that same money over and over and over. And uh, you know, you and I have talked about this. I think you have a really great way of, of explaining that flow. So I'll let you go with your thoughts on that. Sure. Yeah. So you, you touched upon it, right? And Nash says this in, in becoming your own banker. He basically, you know, I'm paraphrasing, said, what I discovered is, is if I changed the the sequence of my spending pattern or changed my spending pattern, how my money, before it leaves me, I need to find a way to keep it myself, right? How do we do this? Well, this podcast is about IBC, the process of it. We use dividend paying whole life insurance in order to do this. So how it works, right, is I I paid some premium, now I have a cash value. Okay, that money, that cash value is mine forever and it's growing every day. I can use it for anything I want. Let's say I want to eliminate a debt. I'm going to use the line of credit feature, also known as the policy loan feature, right? And I'm going to eliminate that debt. But people say this, right? The argument's like, well, I could have just paid the debt off instead of like paying it premium. Yes, that's true. <laughs> Is that how people really talk? <laughs> that's my, um, that's my, uh, my voice I use for people that don't get it. Yeah, the, the ignorant individual, which we both were at one point. Right, absolutely. If you had told me to put money in life insurance contract uh, first and then pay off debts, I would have looked at you like you had eight heads. But once you understand how the the product works, the dividend paying a life insurance contract works, it becomes self-evident that this is this is the spending pattern you want to implement. Right. So. So anyway, I pay off that debt. That debt is gone. So that let's say it was a five hundred dollar a month car payment or something. That debt is gone. That means my cash flow, my monthly cash flow, has now increased by $500. I used the policy loan feature. I used the life insurance company's money to eliminate that debt. Now, indirectly now, I am taking that $500 payment that was going to the finance company, and I am putting it now 
against the policy loan. Every time I make that $500 payment, two weeks later, the life insurance company will give me access to that $500 again, right? So I kind of view this, and again, it's difficult for people to hear loan, they think, oh, this is a loan. Well, it's, it's not, a policy loan is unlike any loan you've ever used. It's more like a line of credit and it, it doesn't function like an amortized loan, really, okay? It functions more like a line of credit, okay? So the $500 goes in, two weeks later, I can take that $500 back out. So in essence, it's kind of like putting $500 back into your savings account and then instead of you know having the two week delay, taking it right back out you know the next day or something, right? So it's, it's like that. The difference is this, and this is important. This is the why behind why we would do this. The money I've paid in premium that is accumulated cash value is providing me death benefit, guaranteed growth, guaranteed access to that cash, uninterrupted compounding. It is a long-term play, okay? It, did it help you in the short term? Of course it did, right? You're $500 a month richer now. However, the long-term play is that premium dollar, the, all those premium dollars are going to be there when you're 90 years old, having created little dollars themselves over and over and over. Right. That's yeah. that's the why. And that's great. You, you make so many great points there. And what it comes down to, you know, you talked about it, but the term that we use for it is opportunity cost. So there's an opportunity cost. Let's talk two different scenarios. One scenario is that your paycheck comes into your account. You segregate part of that paycheck and put it towards paying that car, that $500 car payment every month, right? And that car payment's gonna include interest. Oh, but wait, I got a 0% financing loan from the bank. Well, guess what? If you would have paid cash for that car, you probably would have got it 10% cheaper. So there's an interest rate charged on that 0%. Nobody's giving out free money. So of course let's, yeah. So let's, let's just be clear about that. So anyway, so the money comes into your account, you take 500, you give it to somebody else permanently. That $500 is gone out of your life, out of your personal economy forever. Right. Can we agree on that? Yep. Okay. Scenario two, what if instead of paying directly to that car financing company, you instead first put that $500 into your dividend paying whole life policy and the cash value that is created eventually will be to the point that you can pay off that entire car in cash, right? You can still use cash, quote unquote, paying cash to buy your car. You're just using somebody else's cash because where is yours? Well, your original dollars are still inside your policy. Like you said, providing all those benefits, but working for you forever. You never lost the opportunity cost to earn interest on those dollars ever again. So you've retained the value of that $500 a month permanently, as opposed to giving away that value permanently. And that that's really the, the big difference and why you would want to do one way over the other is retaining the value of that money forever. Yep, absolutely. And we, we often hear everywhere else outside of the IBC world, really, about you know, these debt elimination things, and, and and that's fine, right? Wonderful. You know, you've paid off your car, you've paid off your house, but you've given up a lot of liquidity, and the opportunity cost is is endless, is unknown. You know, I want to, you know, I, I was talking to this lieutenant colonel back uh, last summer, and she's like, we refinanced into a 15-year mortgage at, you know, 2% or no. whatever it was, and, and of course, we're walking and talking, and she doesn't know anything that uh, that we know right she hasn't read this or that 
And it, it, every time I hear somebody say that, it just makes my head explode because <laughs> God love them. They, they think and not, they will pay less interest. That is a fact. That is a fact. No question. If you have a 15 year versus a 30 year, you will pay quote less interest, but you've also almost, and I'm just going to say this, you know, essentially doubled your mortgage payment every month, right? Like it's, it's not quite that, but it's, it's close enough to sure. So, so, okay. So you killed your monthly cash flow, right? The opportunity cost and the money, you know, you know, the value of a dollar you can't spend anymore is zero. <laughs> so you're giving the bank money back faster than it wants unnecessarily. And again, folks, 30 year mortgage every time we're going to have this, we're going to have that discussion, another episode with a, with a guest, but it's, there's no debate here. Yeah. And what you get at is that difference between the 30 and the 15 year monthly mortgage payment, call it a thousand dollars. You know, maybe a 30 year was going to cost you 1200 and a 15 year is going to cost you 2200. That's a thousand dollars of opportunity that you're, you're eliminating from your life and from not just now, but in the future. Right. But Hey, good on you. You're saving 2.3%. But with that thousand dollars, you could have put that somewhere and earned five, six, 10, 15% with it. Right. I, and I did a video and it's on the YouTube channel, uh, this exact conversation, which we will do in a future episode. But what it came down to is if, if you took the difference between the 15 and the 30 and invested it in the stock market, which is not what I would recommend, uh, but that's your choice. And if you got a, even just a 6% return on that money over that 15 years, 15 years later, you'd be able to pay off your house if you wanted to, and you'd still have money left over from the stock market. So think about that. Think about what you're giving up, not just what you're, not what you're saving, but what you're giving up. That is, that's one of the biggest principles that we operate by now is by putting my cash here, by saying yes to this, I'm saying no to, to all of these things. The only time that doesn't uh, actually uh, work out that way is saying yes to dividend paying whole life insurance, right? Because I can say yes to that and still say yes to everything else because right. I can use the same dollars. But anything else outside of that, as far as I know, I say yes to a 15 year mortgage. I'm saying no to investing the difference of that money and earning on that money, right? That's right. And that's why that like invest the difference motto, it just... You can't say one thing and then do and then recommend fifteen year mortgage. It right, right. So it by by term, invest the difference. But hey, it, yeah. If you, if somebody who's saying this really practice what they preach, they would say do thirty year mortgage invest and the invest difference. the difference because you'll be leaps and bounds, hundreds of thousands of dollars ahead of the game if you do it that way, and it works out like they say it's going to work out. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so I just like the, and James says this a lot, I like the, um, I want to maintain the ability to pay stuff off, right? I'm going to main, I'm going to be flush with cash and maintain liquidity uh, so that I'm ready for opportunities. Um, yeah, I've got this little car note over here on the side or maybe a mortgage or something, but I'm able to make those payments, but I'm going to maintain the ability. I'm going to be remain well capitalized so mm -hmm. that if something were to happen and I had to eliminate that debt to free up some monthly cash flow, that I could. But just doing it willy-nilly um, from day one, like I'm putting an extra thousand on my mortgage. And yeah. again, folks, I used to do stuff like this. So I did, did I. 
So did I. I did. I was yep. your I was your typical dude, and I was just like, look at me. I, and I had a 15 year mortgage, and I was proud of it. I was like, look at me, like. I'm yeah. saving interest, right? And you were doing, and you were doing fine financially, doing it that yes. way, right? Yes. You were smart. You're disciplined. You understood the value of a dollar to a certain degree. Um, you lived within your means. Like you were doing fine, but you can do a whole lot better. Yeah, there's just a better way to do stuff, folks. Um, and it's it's prioritizing your capital accumulation using dividend paying whole life, using this private asset that you can control, you prioritize your capital first over the banks. Yeah. Everybody preaches, pay yourself first, but how many people actually do it? Like this is a way you can very easily and very literally pay yourself first. And guess what? That once you do, that capital is there for you to use over and over and over for the rest of your life to finance everything in your life. Yeah. And the other point I want to make too is, you know, most people, God love them, right? If they're doing that, if they're doing the 15 year note or paying extra on their 30 or paying extra on their low interest car payment or whatever they're doing, that means sadly, they have no idea what else to do with that capital. Hmm. And in this day and age, the access to information, the access to, you know, real estate classes or, you know, anything, it doesn't matter what it is is, is, is everywhere. There's opportunity everywhere. But if the, if you're concerned about paying off a 2.75% loan, and that's the best thing you can do with your capital, we talked about, you know, wealthy versus, you know, middle-class mindset. That is a classic middle-class mindset. Classic. Yeah. Cause there's so much more you can be doing with your capital. And it's just like you said, it's a matter of educating yourself and looking for those opportunities because they're not just going to come knocking on your door if you don't have any capital. Once you do have capital, then you'll have opportunities come knocking on your door, right? Calling you on the phone, um, which we do. No but question. I love the point you make about, and you got, you know, you got a, a debt that's charging you 3% interest. Okay, great. I could either pay off that 3% debt or, you know, I could take the same dollar and I could eliminate a debt that's costing me 3% or... I could take that same dollar and put it somewhere where I'm going to earn 10%. Which one would you rather do? Like, Paul, if I, if I gave you that scenario, I'd be like, I said, hey, you, would you rather save 3% or earn 10% on this pile of money? Which one are you going to choose? I'll choose the 10%. And I think everybody would. And I've actually asked this to somebody who had a very basic understanding of, of money. And they said, well, 10%, of course. I say, okay. Well, then let me ask you this. Why are you so intent on paying your mortgage off? Because you told me you have a 3% interest rate on a 30-year mortgage. Why would you want to pay that off if you had the opportunity to earn 10% on those same dollars that you're overpaying to the bank? And they're like, oh, okay. I, I see what you're saying. So it's just, you know. It, it, I like... I was going to say, I like asking people like, okay, you've got this million dollar house, you're up in Massachusetts, you know, whatever, it's paid off, you're 65. How much income is that million dollar house providing you? Zero. It's also costing you money. It's a liability. Yeah, it costs you money. And I stole this from James too. Thank you, sir. But I like to keep equity, home equity, or any equity, where I can get it. Mm. And that's not in the house. Right. What do you so mean? I thought you, could go get a, I thought you could go get a home equity line of credit anytime you want. Yeah, you can't. And dude, I, I see this kind of stuff on these Facebook groups all the time. People are like, I can't get a line of credit on this rental property that's paid off. 
And I'm like, <laughs> I just, I'm like, man, I know the solution, man. There's the problem there. I know the solution. Unfortunately, you don't, and, and you likely never will, unfortunately. Um, yeah, control I the mean, banking function. You'll tell them, but people just don't, you know. They have no they, idea. They, they have no idea, or they, they don't want to hear it. Um, but, yeah, so maintaining your equity, building your equity somewhere that you always have access to it. Because like we saw during 2020, um, when something new happened in this world that has never happened before in any of our lifetimes. Uh, and guess how do, how do the banks react? Dude, they, they closed down HELOCs. Like there's a couple no of banks that just flat out said, we don't care how much equity you have in your home, we are not going to issue you a HELOC. Yep. And, you know, at this most dire time in your entire life, maybe you lost a job or lost income and you need to access that equity to survive, tough luck. And by the way, you better keep making your monthly payments. Yep. Yep. Giving up your liquidity, giving the bank back its money faster than it wants is right. not just, it's just not a good move. No, it's not. And whoever convinced us to do that, um, I don't know. Yeah. But they convince a lot of people to do it. <laughs> well, these you're bombarded with commercials about mortgage on the radio, on television, on YouTube. Doesn't matter. You're bombarded with ads for 15 year mortgage or, you know, whatever. Um, but I tell you, a lot of people found out the hard way that yeah, I've got a million dollar house, but I don't have any liquidity. And yeah, well, and what's well, happened in the last couple of years? I don't know if you look at your mortgage statement, but what is your house valued at now? So think about somebody who's retired, they paid their house off, so good on them. They don't have that mortgage liability, but guess what? Their house just increased in value by 25%, which means their taxes went up by an equivalent amount, most likely. I've seen multiple statements where taxes sure. jumped 20, 30% from last year to this year because of their appraised value. And what happens if you don't pay your taxes on your house or you can't? You'll discover that it's not really your house. You'll, you'll discover who really owns that house, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, and what if you can't access that that capital, that equity inside your home in order to pay those taxes or those bills because the bank doesn't want to give you a loan because, hey, you're not making any money anymore. So we don't have any confidence you can repay this loan. Therefore, we will not give you this loan. Then That's you're right. going to be stuck with, with some options that are not very favorable to you. You know, like the payday loan, reverse mortgage, whatever it may be, because um, you need money. You have to have that money. Um, so it's it's really unfortunate. Um, but if people start learning this and understanding this early enough and take action to make changes, they can change their entire future and, and create that security that you, you frankly don't have right now. Yep. Control the banking function, folks. Absolutely. All about controlling the banking function. So Paul, why don't you, so you had a client that came to you with, I don't you know, massive debt, right? Or maybe it was typical American consumer debt. Um, it was a lot. Yeah. Why don't you tell us that, that case study and how that client overcame it? Yeah. yeah. Too easy. Uh, and we touched about it before, but good, good stories bear repeating just because of the lesson. So yeah, client up in Massachusetts, you know, both parents work, uh, there's children, um, very hard workers, both people, uh, very bright, good in, good incomes, right? Definitely way above average incomes. You know, had some personal stuff going on in their lives from previous relationships, whatever. Um, were saddled with a bunch of debt between, you know, eight or, it was eight or 10 credit cards, couple of um, actually high interest rate car payments above what, you know, the normal 2.9% that we've seen over the past, you know, several years um, or 0% or whatever. These were, you know, in the uh, high single digits, low double digits, actually, just 
just because her credit took a hit, whatever. All right, so long story short, I was like, all right, we took a look at everything. She sent me the financials overnight, FedEx. I dug into them. I was like, all right, let's take a look at this. All right, so here's some savings here. Here's some savings here. We can change your spending pattern here. And oh, by the way, you need to read this book and you need to read this book, both of you, please, because this is going to be the the focal point or the, the, the basis for the debt repayment strategy that we're going to implement, mm-hmm. right? So fast forward just a few weeks. She's like, let's go. Had a se- several sessions of Q&A, talked about the mechanics of IBC, talked about the mechanics of how a dividend-paying whole life insurance contract works, discovered that they had some cash on the side that could be accessed because it was 2020. So design a policy around you know that lump of cash, which this would have worked over the long term or intermediate term, but the fact that they had this cash, we were able to get that cash in a policy, you know, cut out some things out of their budget and just, you know, opened up that policy, got underwritten, good to go. And once the policy was funded, took, started to chunk the debt. Like, hey, we, and we had a schedule, like, hey, these are the bad debts. All these mm-hmm. credit cards, these are the bad ones, right? These are costing you a fortune. It was an average of like 19 or 20% beyond, oh, you know, amongst the, oh, it was yeah. terrible. It's absolutely terrible. And you look at the statements, right? Because I had those and it's like, if you make the minimum payment, you'll pay this off like 16 years from now or something. Ouch. You know, just, just insane, right? Uh, no way to live. So that, you know, it was, it was stressful for them. It was, you know, just, just, just a big, you know, elephant in the room uh, that was just sucking all the air out of it, right? And again, so, you know, we kept in touch, obviously, you know, I tell the clients, right? You can have as much touch point with me as, as you want, right? right? We'll we'll talk anytime. So I'm very accessible. Um, but again, you fast forward uh, and totally different life now. This is, um, you know, it's been about 16 months, I think, since we did all this. And now we're looking at, you know, we're repaying policy loans. We're paying our premium. We are We've restructured our debt because our credit scores jumped up once we eliminated all that other debt. Our credit scores jumped from, you know, 550, 600 to, you know, 750. So we're able to get more favorable lending. Now we're mm-hmm. looking at uh, maybe a vacation home, um, short-term rental type situation up in up in another state. Uh, so they're starting to see opportunities, right, that they never, ever would have saw, right? Yeah. Just in a you know, more stable financial position overall, more disciplined, definitely more disciplined because they have, they got to pay this premium every month. And it's significant premium. Right. So just very proud of them. And it's a, it's a very satisfying story. But just just goes to show you that just changing your spending pattern and knowing about this asset class and having the proper coach. Right. Right. Can, can make a huge impact in your life. Right. Such a great story. And there's so many more just like that. But that that's an example of somebody who saw they saw the problem. They saw they had a problem. They wanted a solution. You introduced them to a solution and then they took action and just they went forward in full force. Now. Let's end with this. The big rebuttal you might hear is, okay, so wait a minute. So instead of paying my debt off directly, I'm going to put it somewhere and then I'm going to take a loan out against it, more debt to pay that debt off. But I still have a loan I have to repay. So how is this, how is this beneficial to me? I'll let you answer that. You're you're good. I'll get closer to the microphone and say, trust me, it is beneficial to you. (laughs) That's not my answer. Uh, Right. You could do that, right? And nothing's stopping you from doing that. You, if you have the cash to pay off this this cash flow sucking debt, you could do that. You could just take that and eliminate it. But again, we're not addressing the spending pattern. 
We're not addressing opportunity costs. We're not addressing um, prioritizing our own capital accumulation inside a private asset that provides a death benefit and tax deferred the way we use it, tax-free growth, right, over your entire lifetime. So, okay. So like the example I just, they could have taken that money, right, out of wherever they got it from and just eliminated some of the debt. Okay, fine. Debt's gone. Cash flow is restored. But now we no longer have that money working for us. So what we're telling you, ladies and gentlemen, right, if you prioritize and build your own infinite banking system, your own banking system through dividend-paying whole life insurance, all the premium dollars that you pay into your policy or series of policies is going to earn uninterrupted interest and growth over your entire lifetime. Your only obligation is to pay the premium. And oh, by the way, oftentimes, like in our, you know, in this case of the company that I write most of my policies on, 117 years in a row, they've paid a dividend to policy owners. 117 years in a row since 1905, right? So if that's true, which it is, what we're able to do by, by just changing the sequence of our money is make that money ours forever, instead of somebody else's, right? So we address opportunity cost with debt elimination all at the same time. So that, yeah, that lump sum that you could use for the debt and pay it off directly, we would use it to purchase you death benefit, give you interest, give you un, you know non-guaranteed div, but likely dividends, and all these other things, all these other attributes that this product has, as you will learn through our process, that you'll, that you'll come to love as well. Mm-hmm. All that doesn't happen if you just, yep, I'm just going to pay off the debt, right? So it's just a sequence of the money. We're not doing anything else. It's just the sequence of the money is different. It's going to go, you've heard me say this before, right? It's going to go do, the money is going to go do what it's going to go do anyway, but I'm going to put it here first where it's going to stop for a second. Perfect. Love it, man. Love it. Okay. Well, great. That about wraps it up. Uh, One final question. You talked about coaching and somebody, you know, you working with them multiple times or after the policy is in place, you continue working with them. How much do you charge for that? Uh, It's zero dollars. Zero dollars. Okay. So just to be clear, you and I never take money from anybody. You will never hand us a single dollar. That's not the way we operate. Coaching is how we operate. And that comes through implementing the policy, executing the, the, the strategy and, uh, and working alongside one of us who knows, you know, who, who's been doing this, who's an expert on this. So yeah. great. Yeah. I was going to say, make no mistake, folks. Like you enter into the process at the end of the process, the goal is to pay significant premium in a dividend paying a life insurance contract, right? You can't, you can do IBC in another way, but you won't be able to effectively do it without a dividend paying a life insurance contract. That's properly structured. Yes. So p- please find yourself an IBC practitioner. There's only six or 700 of us between, you know, in Canada, North America and, and the United States, right? So find a practitioner. If it's not us, find a practitioner somewhere, please. Absolutely. All right. Well, great episode, Paul. That was, that was awesome, man. And uh, we'll be back next week with more topics and more case studies. So until then, have a good week. See you, everybody. Hey, thanks for listening, everybody. If you'd like to have a conversation with us to see how you can become your own banker, or if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to tackle on a future episode, please send us an email to David and Paul at theibcguys.com. And subscribe and leave us a review if you're on Apple. Follow and leave us a five-star review if you're on Spotify. And please